0: Father, all we can really say as we start our time is just thank you, thank you, thank you. That you did send your son and he has paid it all, once and for all. This will help us to be remade in that truth today. Father, for these kids, I just pray that you'll just bless them, their whole lives. And I pray that you'll overcome our shortcomings as parents, and just guide them their whole lives in your name. Father, starting with this morning, we love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, kids, you are dismissed. Have a wonderful time. Hello? I'm going to read John fifteen fifteen today I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business instead I've called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father I've made known to you John 15 15 awesome thank you Carson <laughs> I was thinking about just giving him the face Mike and letting him continue. That was awesome. So, hey, my name is Dallas. I'm one of the leaders here with Grace Meadows Church. We are in the second week of our Right Side Up Kingdom series. Now, I say second week. We should be in our third week, but Ira came last week, and you got to watch that guy, I'm telling you. Went a little bit rogue on us and brought his lunch up here, you know, and all that kind of stuff, but last week was awesome. Um, So we're so thankful to have him here every now and then. We are in the second week. Now in the first week, two weeks ago, we talked about um, how our new reality as Christians, you know, coming out of Easter, we talked about how we are in a post-resurrection culture that it won't be Friday anymore. It will always be Sunday. So how do we live in this reality of the kingdom of God? That Jesus talks about the kingdom of God more than he talks about anything else in the Gospels. So how do we live now in this kingdom? So two weeks ago we talked about the values of old kingdoms, of kingdoms of the past. And then we talked about the values of the kingdom of God, the new kingdom. I just want to refresh us on some of the things that we talked about. The values of the old kingdom. We talked about, now again, when we go through these, remember, there's nothing wrong with seeking these things to a degree. It's just what motivates you, right? And so values of the old kingdom, they're motivated by seeking after power. Now, if God desires for us to have power, we should be good stewards of that power. But we don't go seeking after power. Seeking comfort, seeking recognition, seeking contentment through wealth, seeking position, seeking after the here and now. And then there's one thing above all that old kingdoms can't tolerate. They despise weakness. But the values of the new kingdom are really just kind of flipped right side up, right? Um, It seeks after weakness. It seeks after sacrifice. It seeks submission, self-denial. seeks after the truth and seeks after love. So basically we concluded... That the values of, of the old kingdom can be summed up by operating in what is seen. So we talked about the Pharisees, how they would blow trumpets when they'd give to the poor, right? They wanted everybody to see that they were giving to the poor. And when they would pray, they would go out at the most traffic times on the street corner and pray in front of people so that people could see that they were praying. But in the kingdom of God, it's operating in what is unseen. It is praying at your house when you're alone. It is giving in secret, right, so that we acquire the righteousness of God through it all. Now, one thing that we should note as we move forward is that um, we cannot simply be a people of the unseen. Now, that's a reality that I think we've got to understand, that as humans... We first have to be seen before we can operate in the unseen. That we have to have our needs met, our our needs of love and affection and all these things before we can operate in the unseen. So one of the main points here today is we can now be a people of the unseen because Jesus sees us. We can be a people of the unseen because Jesus sees us sees us. And that's the only reason. Our ability to ever move from the seen to the unseen is only through Jesus and the cross. And I think about a couple examples from 1 John. It says that we love because he first loved us. And then in Romans, it says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Point being that it is through what he has done. He has come from an unseen dwelling and came to a seen earth and died for us, and now we can operate beyond the seen. Y'all, all of our needs are met through Jesus. I think one of the great things, one of the reasons why Jesus is such great news is that we never have to go anywhere else for all these seen needs. There's not Jesus meets some of these things, But then we need to go to other things to get all of it, the whole package. No, Jesus meets every single need that we could ever have. So now we can operate in the unseen. Isn't it just so sad when you see people around you that you love and you care about, and they go their whole lives, and they're looking to all these different avenues to be seen and heard and validated, right? And it just just breaks your heart. You say, man, this is all found through Jesus. Um, when I first came out of college, I had the best job. And I wish I never had to leave there. The only reason I had to leave there is because of how math works, that I couldn't quite make, you know, the budget meet what I needed, right? It was just not a very high-paying job. But, uh, but I worked in a level three residential boys' home. And um, all I would do is I would spend like 10, 12 hours with these boys and play basketball and ping pong and just live life with them, eat meals, right? Teach them some counseling concepts every now and then. But let's be honest, really, I was just hanging out with them. But they were 13 to 17 year olds. And one of the things that I very quickly realized was they were just begging for my affirmation. They wanted me to see that they were really something. And this is the desire, especially once we get to about that age, right, that middle school age where you're so conscious of social things, right, and you want people to validate you. And so I quickly realized that my main goal working in this residential facility was for them to just see that all those things, all those hopes, all the validation, all that is found through Jesus Christ, And if I could point them that direction, then they would find their security and their peace in that. And I think for us, we have people in our lives that we know, man, we just want them to see. You don't have to prove yourself to me. Jesus has done it all. He has paid it all. And now we can move into an unseen kingdom. Uh, John 15, 15, Carson read for us, and I just... Man, I was reading this for uh, our life group. I mean, as you know, if you're part of a life group, we're going through the book of John. And I sort of had a direction for this week. But when I read John 15, 15, I said, no, this is the direction we've got to go because this is so profound. He says, no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father. I have made known to you. I mean, think about the magnitude of that statement right there. That the maker of the universe calls us friend. I mean, that ought to really change some stuff in us, right? I mean, think about the celebrity that you look up to most. For me, it's always been Denzel Washington. Man, I love that man. I just, every time I see an interview with him, I'm just like, that guy's awesome. I mean, think about that person. If that person called you friend, that is small potatoes compared to the maker of the universe calling you friend. I mean, the one who counts the stars and knows them by name calls you friend. The one who's firstborn of all creation, there before there was time, calls us friend. Now that ought to do something in us, right? And so we talk, especially midweek, man, we want to get like depth. We want to get theological depth and we want to be saturated in the word and stuff like that. But there are also simple Truths that will be transformative if we will just embrace and catch glimpses of these truths. Man, the maker of the universe calls us friend. That will change some things in us here today. You know, um, when I was a kid, (laughs) my parents can tell you, actually don't ask them, please, don't ask them about this. But I really struggled to make friends. I mean, between just isolating myself, but then when I would be around friends saying the most awkward things to try to prove myself to them, it was a, it was a hard childhood in a lot of ways, just making friends, man. It was, I would try to prove myself, right? And then because you're putting on a show trying to prove yourself, then over time you sort of want to withdraw because you can't keep putting on a show for too long, right? You spend too much time with somebody, they start to get to know really who you are, And so often, if I'd spent some time with, you know, somebody one or two times, I would start to cancel plans, be like, you know what, they kind of think I'm okay at the moment, so I'd like to keep it there, and so let me just withdraw a little bit. And I never really had deep relationships as a kid because of that. And now, even, that still pops up. When I was thinking about, you know, taking this role on last year, that same thinking popped up again. Man, those those people there, they love me right now, but the more time goes by, they're going to get to know me more, and I don't know if they'll still love me all that much. I mean, that's kind of the mentality, right? And I think a lot of us have had that mentality at some point in our lives. But the reality with Jesus is, this is so important, the reality with Jesus is that you are 100% known and 100% loved. Not only are you 100% loved, you are 100% known. And a lot of us go our whole lives, we just don't want people to know us, because we're not sure if that love will still be extended. With Jesus, it's 100% and it's 100%. If you are 99% known, you are unknown. But with Jesus, you are 100% known and 100% loved. Would that change some things here this morning if we truly, truly Realize that. I would go as far as to say that until you realize that you're 100% known and 100% loved, then we can't operate in the unseen. Why? Because there'll continue to be some sort of lack, some sort of security need that we're going to go somewhere else to try to fill it, whether it's some sort of relationship, whether it's some sort of uh, achievement, or whatever the case may be, we'll continue to go to the literal, to the physical, to the scene, to try to find that affirmation. But when we truly realize that we're 100% known by Jesus and 100% loved, we are free of that for all time. Um, In psychology, there's a... By the way, if you don't know this, this is my background. I, for 12 years, worked in the field of counseling, and... um, there's some psychology concepts that are a little iffy to me, you know, sometimes, but there's one I really like. It's called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And it's kind of stood the test of time. This was introduced in the 40s, and so it's still here, and we're still using it, which that should probably tell you something, right? It's a pretty, pretty good idea. But essentially, what it is is that you have certain needs that need to be met. And then you have needs on top of that, and you have to sort of check those things off. And I say this is a really good concept because it's so true, but what psychology doesn't realize is that all these things are found in Jesus. And so we're going to talk through these things. Yeah, keep that up on there. Uh, The physiological needs, things like air, food, water, shelter, rest, all these things are found in Jesus. Job 33:4. the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. In John chapter 7, Jesus wants to give rivers of living water that well up to life. In John chapter 6, he is the bread of life. In Psalm 119, he is my hiding place and my shield. In Hebrews 4, Jesus is our rest. How about safety needs? Philippians four nineteen, Everything we need comes from him. We live in his kingdom, and we are perfectly safe in his kingdom. Love and belonging. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches us how to pray, and he says... Our Father, those two words change everything because it's this family language. And y'all, I don't know how you come in this morning. Maybe you had some bum parents. Maybe you had no siblings. But in the family of God, man, we can have security because we belong. And in Romans 8, it says that our primary identity is children of God. Man, we belong. We have our love and belonging needs met through Jesus Christ. And how about our esteem? Man, we need to know that we have purpose. And God's design for us in Genesis 1 is that we will reign with Him. How's that for purpose? Right? I mean, we don't lack purpose. We are to reign with Christ. Or how about self-actualization? Now, this is the one that I think psychology really shortchanges us. It's the desire to get the most out of ourselves. But the reality as Christians is that we get to go so far beyond ourselves. Uh, Ephesians 3, 20, 21, you guys know this passage. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to, not our power, his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Everything is taken care of through Jesus. We have no more need to be seen because of Jesus. Y'all, we have no unmet needs through Christ. Isn't that good news? We have no unmet needs through Jesus. And the more we believe that, the more we can operate in deeper things. We can start to really transform the heart. And not have to be focused on what does everybody see around me, but actually desire, God, I want your righteousness in my life. I actually want to become these things that formerly I wanted people to just see. But now, in the depths of me, I actually just want to become these kind of things with your spirit and your grace in my life. We can operate there now. So, here's where I want to land the plane today. Because we don't have to turn to things like, social media followings, and we don't have to turn to things like achievement, we don't have to do all these different things to sort of gain satisfaction. Now our desire is to see more and more clearly the unseen kingdom, right? That we spend our whole life just naturally and looking at our impulse to try to gain what is seen. Now we desire for God to open our eyes to the unseen. There's a story in 2 Kings Six that I think illustrates this point really, really well. Um, we're talking about the seen and the unseen. There's two responses. There's a servant and a prophet responses. I want you to take, uh, pay attention to these two responses. Verse 15, When the servant of the man of God got up and went out the next morning, an army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. See, the servant here is seeing what's in front of him. And around him, the scene. Verse 16. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed. This is such a good prayer. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire around all around Elisha. Guys, this is our reality here today. I mean, did you did you know that there will never be anything seen that will surround us ever again? Because we live in an unseen kingdom that far outnumbers what is seen. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says um, don't be afraid of the things that can harm your body but can't touch your soul. Right? In the unseen kingdom there is really the ultimate card that goes above everything else at the end of the day, right? I mean, we can be harmed, we can be tortured, we can be beaten, we can be killed. And yet our reality is in an unseen kingdom and we will always be perfectly safe in this kingdom no matter what. And so we ask God, God, if I'm struggling to believe that, man, just please open the eyes of my heart. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that the eyes Of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of the glorious inheritance in His holy people. When the eyes of our heart are opened, man, things change for all time. It's one thing for our eyes to see clearly, and it's a whole other dimension for our heart to see clearly as well. Man, it's such a great prayer for us, probably even to start our day, would just be God, open the eyes. my heart. Help me to see what is unseen, like in 2 Kings. Help me to see, because right now I'm just surrounded. I feel like I'm surrounded by these things that are seen, but I know that your kingdom is so much greater. Give me your eyes. Help me to see that. Y'all remember that great song, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Oh, let's go. We're just going to bust out in song again. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, man, it's such a good song, isn't it? Right? I want to see you. I want to see you more clearly. That's our goal now. This is our reality. We live in the kingdom of God now, and we want to see the kingdom of God more and more and more fully. Hebrews 11, I think, is a great um, reference for this. If you want to make a note, Hebrews 11 is awesome, especially verse 27. It says this. It's talking about Moses here. It says, By faith... He left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. His eyes were open to see the power of what was unseen ahead of him. When we face all kinds of struggles in our lives, we can always look higher. We can always look higher into an unseen kingdom in front of us. You know, um, <laughs> some of you guys give me a hard time for how much I love Christmas. And... I mean, I kind of deserve it, especially when it's like September and it's 88 and I'm over here like Buddy the Elf, you know, I just, I get it. It's all good. But my opinion is, man, we we really shouldn't confine Christmas to just one season. I mean, it's to me, it's never been really about the festivities and the lights. For me, it's been, I mean, I was wrecked in a whole new way of this reality just Thursday. That On one night, I had my own little dark, dingy kingdom. And I had this self-sabotaging king ruling over my life. Talking about myself. And then, with the birth of Jesus, man, everything changed for all time. I mean, truly, there was really no light at times in my life. And yet, the angel appears to the shepherds, the ones who you know were outcasts from the community and all they really wanted to do was get drunk because they just didn't want to feel anything because they had so much pain in their life. They didn't feel like they were really ultimately going to measure up to anything. And the angel says, yeah, I bring good news of great joy to who? To all people. And man, I felt that in my bones. He's talking about me, that there's actually going to be joy for me. And I had this such, such a dark kingdom before. And now I'm a part of a kingdom that has so much light in it. Let's read Luke 1, 32 and 33. It says, He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. Highlight this. His kingdom will never end. That's what happens on Christmas. New kingdom. New kingdom. Forevermore. Praise God that His kingdom will never end. So, for us, as we leave here today, what are some practical steps? Well, the cross is the pathway of leaving our old seen kingdoms and embracing the kingdom of God in the unseen. Now, I love how Luke lays out a little bit different detail. There's, um, you know, in every gospel, it says uh, you ought to take up your cross, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. But Luke adds this detail that I think is so important for us as we leave here today. He says what? He says daily, daily, right? We enter into the kingdom one time, but for us to actually experience the fullness of the kingdom, there are things that we've got to let die over and over again in my life. Just yesterday, man, I'm overwhelmed, You know, I'm trying to predict the future, I'm trying to work everything out, and I realize once again, let it die. Take it to the cross, let it go. There are things I know for us that we need to let die here this morning. And so what an invitation. Man, death gets a bad rap, doesn't it? But John 12, we've read, you know, if you just let that kernel of wheat fall to the ground and die, what happens? He will take that and produce way more life ahead. So what does it look like for us to say, God, because I know that you have seen me, that I'm 100% known, you know my heart already, you love me, and so when you invite me to let these things in my life die, I know that you're going to do something with that. So maybe there are things here this morning that maybe there's been 20, 30, 40 years, I don't know, that that you've held on to unforgiveness or bitterness or whatever it may be. When we take those things to the cross, we are taking them away from our own little kingdom and we're embracing and we're giving it to God in His kingdom. And guys, He's going to do something with that. He always does. He's always faithful. And so what does it look like for us to embrace our death in that way, because there's new life ahead. So, what do we need to let die here this morning? Let's pray, Father. Uh, we thank you so much for the truth of your word, man. I just, I would love for us to just embrace these realities further, and we know that we can't do that without your Spirit guiding us in our lives, and we need your grace because. The reality is we can't do anything without it. So, Father, I pray that your favor will be on us. I pray that you will speak to our hearts here today. I pray that you will just move us, move in our hearts. There are things I know that as we live the Christian life, that there are things we continue to just need to let die. And so help us, convict our hearts. Holy Spirit, move in us, draw us to you here this morning so that we can experience new life in maybe a whole new way as we go. Father, help us to trust you, the one who knows everything. I mean, all of the stars, you know them by name. Help us to embrace you and the desire that you have on our lives. And Father, I'm so thankful that you're a good father, and I'm so thankful that Jesus is the best brother and the best friend we could have ever asked for. Help us to embrace that reality as we go from here. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, the altars are open. If you need, um, respond how the Spirit leads. to stand and worship with us.